Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. Hey, folks, this is Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Here we are, episode 19 of the Locked on Bucks podcast. It is uh, Thursday morning for most of you listening, uh, catching up on the second day of joint practices between the Cleveland Browns and the Bucks. Uh, a fair amount of things to get to. Uh, Bucks preseason opener, uh, preseason home opener, I should say, uh, at Raymond James Stadium is Friday night at 8. And lots to get to there. But the main main news to talk about, I guess the things we have to really start with uh, for this Thursday podcast here, is... Uh, is Ali Marpet. Um, we've talked about the Bucks having some issues with uh, injuries on the offensive line, especially at guard. Um, and they've managed to get through training camp okay with Kevin Pamphil filling in for J.R. Sweezy at left guard. Uh, we've talked about Kevin quite a bit, how good it was that the Bucks kind of had depth in place uh, to cover them in the event of a loss like this. Uh, and then on Wednesday, uh, Ali Marpet shows up at practice with a boot on his right foot. Uh, not on crutches, still walking, still putting weight on his foot. Uh, didn't necessarily look comfortable putting weight on his foot. Uh, but that's another major problem. Here we are 18 days before the season opener in Atlanta. Uh, and the Bucks are now down two starting guards, which obviously is a, uh, a key part of that offensive line, especially the, the run blocking for, for Doug Martin and all that. Uh, it could very well be that Ali Marpet is back uh, even a week from now. Uh, we had actually talked to Marpet had talked to the media after practice Tuesday at the end of practice. Uh, seemed fine. Went about things very normally. Uh, the Bucks aren't sharing a lot with injuries right now. So it could very well be he uh, turned his ankle at a walkthrough or something happened later. Uh, but we don't know the severity of this injury. I asked Dirk Cutter uh, and he politely declined to share any information uh, about Marpet's injury in terms of how long this would sideline him, uh, how big a problem this might be. Uh, the Bucks had Evan Smith, uh, who's been in the battle with Joe Hawley for the starting center job, uh, had Evan Smith filling in at right guard on Wednesday. Uh, if you remember back to last year, Ali Marpet went down with an ankle injury in the middle of the year, uh, and Evan Smith came in and actually played very well at right guard. Uh, had three starts filling in for Ali in the middle of the season. Uh, but again, uh, Ali Marpet, a uh, big part of this offensive line about this team's offensive future. So the sooner they can get him back, the better. Um this offensive line is, is getting thin all of a sudden in terms of actual depth now. Um, left to right, obviously you have Donovan Smith in his second year at left tackle. Now you have Kevin Pamphel, uh, who's in his third year, but only really has one start as a legitimate five-man offensive line lineman. Um, probably going to have Joe Hawley now at center. This kind of locks that up. Uh, Evan Smith filling in at right guard. He would be the, the sixth man, if you will, right now if he weren't starting. Uh, and then DeMar Dotson, who just got a new contract at right tackle. Uh, the problem is, is there's not a lot of depth below that now. Uh, Gaster Sherilis would certainly qualify as experienced, uh, reliable depth. He'd be your backup swing tackle right now that would take both of those. But after that, it's a lot of guys you guys have barely heard of. Uh, rookies like Caleb Beninock, who's just literally coming back from injury yesterday, Wednesday, after missing three weeks. Uh, Leonard Wester, who's an undrafted rookie. 
but is probably on this team right now. Uh, the other options are, are equally unproven in terms of the NFL. Guys like Josh Allen and Ben Gottschalk. Um, this now could be a position where the Bucks scan the waiver wire at the end of cuts here and pick up a uh, just a more proven guard just to give them some depth that they can trust even if they don't have a lot of time in this offense. Um, we had mentioned that was the case even when Sweezy went down. So now if there's any injury concerns with Marpet at all, uh, I think that makes sense for them. A um, couple other things to talk about from an injury front. You know, Daryl Smith is still out. Uh, we had kind of addressed this when the Bucks went to Jacksonville. Uh, Dirk Cutter kind of volunteered that it was a veterans day for Daryl Smith. Like, you know, older guys in the team occasionally get a maintenance day, uh, just take care of things. Uh, keep their body from getting too beat up. Well, now he's had a veterans week uh, because here we are <coughs> a week later. Uh, Daryl Smith has not practiced. Obviously, he's a known commodity as much as anybody at linebacker for the Bucks. Uh, he's played in Mike Smith's defense before, uh, but they still need him out there. This is a defense that's still very much coming together and learning a new scheme together. Uh, on top of that, Devontae Bond, who would be the natural backup at strong side linebacker, had a hamstring injury. Uh, during Wednesday's drill. So he was out. So you had Josh Kyes, you know, who's a guy that most people probably wouldn't have making this roster necessarily. Josh was a guy, spent some time on the practice squad, a little bit on the roster at the end of last season. Uh, Josh Kyes was your starting Sam linebacker. And honestly, he was also the backup Sam linebacker in drills on, on Wednesday. So they're very shorthanded right now at another niche position. Uh, obviously, the easiest way for them to get, them to get around not having a lot of Sam linebackers is to stay in the nickel defense, uh, which would be more than half of this defense anyway, is going to be in that five defensive back position. Uh, you know, that might mean Vernon Hargraves is on the field more. That's certainly not a bad thing uh, for his progress and the investment the Bucks have made in him. So those two injuries, probably the biggest things hanging over uh, the health of this team right now. Uh, Evan Spencer, Evan Spencer, the receiver who hurt himself in the game on Saturday in Jacksonville is also still out. If he hasn't practiced all week, you have to think he won't be playing in Friday night's game against the Browns. Sorry, we uh, you know, we spent so much of the podcast yesterday talking about Roberto Aguayo, about the three misses he had in Tuesday's joint practice, and just the national phenomenon that that became. Um, and then whether this was by design or by coincidence, the Bucks kind of dodged that issue on Wednesday. Uh, they don't, as a team, practice kicking every day. Uh, the kickers kind of go off on their own and kick and punt and go through their things. But in terms of a an actual simulated kick with a full offensive line, with a snap, with uh, a scout team defense that would be coming at the kicker to simulate kicks, uh, they don't do that every day. So they made the decision not to do that. Uh, you know, had a practice facility that was full of uh, of fans. This was the last open practice where fans could see the Bucks. Uh, there's already the conspiracy theories that they're shielding him from criticism from fans had he missed things in practice. I think it's much more likely that he just wasn't scheduled to kick on Wednesday. Uh, I think to take a period off the books to uh, shield a kicker would only damage his confidence more. So I really don't think that was the case. Uh, but as we've mentioned this week, uh, come Friday night, come tomorrow night, if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, all eyes are going to be on Roberto Aguayo. Uh, I think the biggest curiosity is going to be whether or not he can make those kicks. Uh, he comes out of it with a uneventful, normal day with a couple extra points. Uh, maybe hits the field goals he's asked to do. 
that's that's a big step in the right direction, just in terms of normalcy and what they expect him to do in a game. And I think it'll take a lot of the uh, daily attention off of uh, off of Roberto Guayo and his struggles here in the preseason. But it's still something people are talking about nationally. Uh, we'll wait and see. Obviously, we'll we'll hit that Friday night. Uh, we'll have plenty of stuff in the Times and online at TampaBay.com, and then I'm sure that'll be a big part of our Monday podcast as well. Uh, a couple other things we want to get to here. Uh, you know, yesterday probably didn't have as much uh, news as a joint practice went in terms of just things you could actually glean from practice. You know, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, the first practice was uh, Dirk Cutter saying they had no juice and nobody wanted to practice and so many interceptions thrown by the Bucks quarterbacks uh, against this Browns defense. Um, I would say that Wednesday's practice, the second practice, and keep in mind, this is also just in shells, so it's not full contact, uh, but uh, much less uh, hyperbole, much less dramatic reaction to it. Uh, the biggest thing we saw in practice Wednesday was uh, the two-minute offense, and the way they do that is they, they line up the when they have two teams, as they have with the Jags and as they had this week with the Browns, they line up the one offense against the one defense. And they just simulate a two-minute possession. They actually put the time up on the clock, and they challenge these teams to go down the field. Um, and whenever the ball is down, they move just like they would in a regular drive. So it's very much a simulated drive. Uh, Bucks offense moved the ball down the field a little bit um, and then stalled, I would say, probably around the 30, 35-yard line. I was in the end zone when it happened. Uh, they got to a fourth down, and, and you just go for it in two minutes on fourth down. Uh, Jameis Winston kind of had to force a throw into traffic, got picked off by Joe Hayden, uh, the former Gators cornerback. It looked like he and Adam Humphreys maybe weren't on the same page on that throw. But again, just uh, didn't work out. The Bucks defense actually even fared better uh, in that two-minute drill. They got the uh, the Browns off the field without much ball movement at all. Uh, then the number two offenses and the number two defense, they get to come out and get their shot at two-minute as well. Uh, Bucks number two offense looked good. Uh, Mike Glennon moved them down the field four straight passes to Dante Dye, uh, who is certainly making a case to be the Bucks' fourth or fifth receiver here. You know, Dante has also locked up, uh, no, I hadn't locked up, but right now he would be the Bucks' starting kickoff returner, um, which is huge for his chances of making the roster. Um, there's been such a wide open log jam kind of thing where they're all in one big mass from about the fourth receiver to maybe the seventh or eighth receiver. Um, we know that Mike Evans and Mitchell Jackson are, are the starters for the Bucks, and, and Dirk Cutter's made it clear that uh, Adam Humphreys is now the number three receiver for the Bucks as well. So, <coughs> so uh, the big question is four and five right now. Uh, Russell Shepard had a good preseason opener, obviously has some value on special teams. So a lot of people would put him as, as a guy that's next in line, if you will. And, and now Dante Dye. I mean, again, four catches on this drive, uh, had a catch the other night, um, Handled the only kickoff return they returned against the Jaguars. I think uh, took it out to the 32-yard line, which was certainly promising. He's also been real involved in kick coverage as well. Uh, so right now, he's kind of in that position where, at least from outside, it looks like the job is his to lose. Uh, he would be ahead of Kenny Bell, would be ahead of Evan Spencer. Uh, lots of, of kind of middling options there for the fifth receiver job. Uh, but guys that have been in this system and ha- have worked through that, too. Uh, we will also see Friday night that the big thing for fans, in addition to Aguayo, uh, will be the debut of these new video boards at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, long-awaited, much-anticipated, uh, I guess the third largest sheer real estate of video boards in the NFL. 
big scoreboards on both ends, if you will, and then uh, quarter panels as well. Quarter panels sounds like I'm talking uh, auto shop here, but on each corner of the field, there are smaller vertical video screens, which should be really cool. You'll see replays on there, you'll see ads on there, all kinds of stuff they can do with that. And then also a ribbon, you know, that's six feet tall and goes all the way around the perimeter of the stadium on both sides. Uh, really cool ribbon. You see that in, in indoor arenas a lot. But here's a ribbon where they can do graphics. They can put up uh, all kinds of things there. Really lights up the stadium a lot. So uh, the media will actually get a tour of the new Raymond James Stadium uh, Thursday at 2. I should be able to post some video and pics from that as well. I almost feel like I'm, I'm putting out spoilers uh, by putting out some video. I think so many fans are probably excited to see this for the first time at the game Friday night. Um, but uh, for, for those of you that want a sneak peek, I will probably have some video and photos up from uh, the new Raymond James Stadium. Uh, looks inside the all-new club areas. Uh, I think they replaced every TV, or they were in the process of replacing every TV in the stadium. Lots of things they did as part of this $100 million renovation that's been uh, been long overdue for Raymond James. Uh, a lot of that is just getting things geared up to host college football's national championship game in January. That'll be a, a huge event in a couple months here. Uh, but obviously, uh, Bucks games and Bucks fans are kind of the beneficiary of that. One thing I want to get to before we wrap up today, um, not a lot coming from a mailbag from you guys. I want to make sure you guys know you can always send us emails and comments. Uh, always interested in your feedback, what you like about the podcast, what you don't like about the podcast, and of course, what you like about the Bucks and what you don't like about the Bucks as well. Uh, you can hit us up on email uh, at lockedonbucks at gmail.com. Feel free to email us there. Uh, Twitter, I think, is great for interactivity. I'm answering questions on there all day long, kind of independent of the podcast, but always nice to have some questions that I can go into a little more detail uh, here on the podcast. So hit me up on Twitter. Uh, you can hit me up at Locked on Bucks on Twitter and also my name, just Greg Auman, A-U-M-A-N. And we'll make sure to answer your, your questions there. I uh, want to get to one thing. We really haven't talked about much fantasy football on this podcast, but obviously this is a time of year where lots of you guys are getting ready for your drafts. I always think about kind of the weekend between the third and fourth preseason game as that obvious draft weekend or maybe a weeknight or something like that. Uh, cuts haven't come in yet, so there's always some guesswork. There'll still be some big injuries that come through, but uh, for the most part, this is the type of year, what time of year where uh, you guys have to decide who you're going to pick, who you like. For Bucks fans, there's always that question of how high you can take your favorite Bucks players and not have it be glaring that you just wanted to have Bucks on your rosters. Uh, a couple of the national sites have put up their uh, kind of top one, top 200 rankings, if you will. And, and if you haven't looked at these things, there's there's definitely a, a top tier for the Bucks in that Doug Martin and Mike Evans are far and away above the rest of the Bucks' offensive options in fantasy football. The general things you see for rankings, I was looking, uh, Sporting News had Doug Martin at number 21 and Mike Evans at number 23. Obviously, Doug Martin uh, was second in the NFL in rushing, uh, didn't have nearly the touchdown numbers you want a top running back to have. That's why he drops down much lower to 21. But if Doug can get his scoring uh, to match his yards, he would far exceed the production production you would expect from the number one 21, number 21 pick in the draft. If you're in a 12-team league that's late in the second round, um, especially if you're in a league in Tampa, I don't know that he's going to make it to the end of the second round. You always feel like there's that local bias and that fan bias that'll get him picked. Somebody might even take him in the first round. If, if you know that you like Doug Martin and you want to draft a running back late in the first round, those top options are, are out of the way. 
it wouldn't surprise me at all if he goes late in your first round, just just knowing the nature of fans and their favorite players. Uh, Mike Evans is the same way. Mike Evans, much like Doug Martin, put up 1,200-plus yards last year. Only had three touchdowns, though. I mean, if you were a Mike Evans fantasy football owner last year, you cannot be very happy with the numbers he gave you. Uh, but again, he's in, in position to really improve on that. Maybe not to get back to 12-touchdown rookie year Mike Evans, uh, but certainly to get closer to that than three touchdowns. I think having a healthy Vincent Jackson on the field will really help Mike Evans. I think they will definitely utilize him in the red zone. Uh, you saw that touchdown uh, in the preseason game the other night, just a, a quick lob using his height in the red zone, in the end zone to get touchdowns. So end of second round is when you're going to see Doug Martin and Mike Evans picked. What I'm asking you guys as fans on this podcast is to tell me who you would take next, who the most obvious third buck is in your fantasy football draft. Maybe you went to a draft. Maybe you can tell me who went where. Um, the main options uh, just depends on who he has. We, we mentioned Sporting News. Sporting News had, uh, as we mentioned, Doug and Mike real high, and then nobody else in the top 100. Um, and then they had Vincent Jackson, Jameis Winston, and Austin Safarian Jenkins as their next three. Uh, seemed to me to be a fairly glaring oversight of uh, Charles Sims, who uh, is a good back to stash as a late round option, a guy that's going to give you good production, especially in a PPR league with all those catches he gets. Uh, USA Today put out their top 200 for fantasy football. They had Mike Evans at 27. They had Doug Martin at 39. It's definitely a little bit lower on the Bucks, uh, but they had Charles Sims at 84. That's just seventh round. That's the first half of a draft. If you're in a 12-team league, and then they had Winston at 115, uh, you know Winston, you know 115, that that's almost you know backup quarterback territory for most drafts. So I would think there are a lot of Bucks fans that take a quarterback high, but maybe have Winston as their backup quarterback, kind of hoping that he does well enough that it's a tough decision every week. Maybe you just start the one that's that's playing the better, the easier defense, if you will. Uh, but anyway, want to hear you guys want to ask. Uh, fantasy drafts that you've been in, <clears throat> who was the third buck taken? How high did they go? Did anybody get taken beyond uh, Doug, Mike, Jameis, and, and Charles Sims, Chuck Sims there? Does Austin Safarian Jenkins go in your draft? Does Cameron Brake go in your draft? I'm curious about uh, where the bucks were in your fantasy draft. So uh, email us or uh, write us on Twitter. Tell us about the bucks' presence in your fantasy drafts. If you are guilty of stocking your roster, uh, with excess bucks. I know people that drafted Roberto Aguayo. Uh, got him late, obviously, but uh, we're really excited to draft him and, and see what he can do just again to have a bucks presence on your fantasy football team. We will wrap things up uh, tomorrow for the Friday podcast. We'll be able to preview this bucks Browns game on Friday night at Raymond James Stadium. Excited to have a home game to write about and talk about. Uh, so we'll be back on Friday morning for that. But thank you guys for listening. Sorry for the uh, delay in posting this. I know some of you guys are morning commute folks, and I didn't mean to uh, leave you hanging there this morning, but just some technical issues overnight. And uh, well, you're listening now. So hopefully you're happy about that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Episode 19 in the books here for the Locked on Bucks podcast uh, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good day. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, a wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.